Good morning, Living Word. Good morning, Morning Manites. It's good to be back. Welcome to a brand new day, the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Certainly, it's a blessing to be alive and well and to know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's just a pleasure, amen, to be a child of God, to be known by God, to be able to worship in spirit and in truth. And hopefully we all have been starting our days the right way by acknowledging our Heavenly Father, the creator of all things, our sustainer, our provider, our healer. Yeah, we need to acknowledge him first by thanking him for each and every day that we open our eyes and we find ourselves in our right mind. Amen. So I pray that you already have done that this morning. Talk to God and talk to yourself. Self-encouragement. Amen. That we're we're going to make it. You're going to make it. There's enough strength. There's enough energy. You have everything you need. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And lastly, you speak to your world. You command everything that that concerns you to come into existence and come into perfection. Amen. That everything that you need to do today will be done without any issues speak to your day your your mouth is powerful life and death is in your tongue so make sure you're using to speak life and to speak the right things over your life and so as we transition in time we are welcomed by the things we have spoken in the past amen well god bless you what i want to talk about today is when we say i do when we say i do it was just a privilege for me to um, uh, administer a renewal of vows after 20 years for a couple on yesterday. And it just really thrilled me because I saw how they interacted with each other. And it was very apparent that they still had a lot of love for each other. They still had a lot of passion for each other. And so this morning, as I thought about what I should present, the words just came to me when we say I do. And so I want to talk about building um, building a, a lasting marriage and that our marriages can last, our marriages can grow, our marriage can flourish, our marriage can be beautiful, can be loving. That's what marriage is all about. And I believe that many marriages crash and burn because of lack of attention or lack of understanding what marriage is all about. I must start off by saying marriage is really not about love, but marriage is really a covenant. And I will tell you what, why love is necessary and why love is, has to be a part of a marriage. But a marriage is a covenant relationship. Those are the vows we make to each other in the presence of God and in the presence of angels. So marriage really is a covenant relationship. I hear people say, you know, oh, I'm so in love and I'm going to get married because I'm in love. And then a year later, they're split apart. The love is gone. There is no more love. They cannot see eye to eye. And it makes you wonder what happened to that deep feeling of love that you had. And because it's no longer there, you separate and you go your own ways. Because why the love is, is gone. And the reason why, one of the reasons is because 
Our marriage is, is not just based on love. Our marriage is, is a covenant that we make. And the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 23 and 23, that which is gone out of thy lips, thou shalt keep and perform. Simply means um, the vow that you have vowed, that which you have promised with your mouth, you should not do it if you don't have the tenacity to keep it. So that's what the Lord is saying. Don't make a vow that you can't keep. You make a vow, keep your vows, okay? And so a marriage relationship is a covenant. That's why we say, I promise to love you. I promise unto death do us part. You know, that's a vow. I do. That's a vow, okay? That's a covenant relationship you're getting into between a male and a female. That matter of fact, let me just make that very clear. The only true relationship, married relationship that God recognizes is between a man and a woman. Amen. Let me say it again. Between a male and a female, God will not recognize any marriages that's outside his scope of his word. And so all the other things that they call marriages, they are not marriages. Okay. They are simple civil union. God is the one who created marriage and he created between a male and and a female. So all the fake stuff that's going on in the world that they call marriage, it ain't marriage. It's a civil union that's authorized by the civil government, not authorized by God. Marriages, true marriages are not anything civil. True marriages are religious ceremonies, religious, not civil ceremonies. Let me say that really clear. It was instituted by God. When God made male and female, he said to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. I'm going to make you somebody that is able to help you. Okay. And so marriage between a man and a woman is instituted by God. And it is a good and natural thing. And so when we say we're getting married, when we say I do, it's a vow to God it's a vow to each other and our families and our communities and everyone in attendance, including the angels, the recording agents that is writing down exactly what we said. It's a vow. It's written down. And it is, it is written for us to remain in steadfast, unconditional love, reconciliation, sexual purity while purposely growing in our covenant marriage relationship. So that's the foundation of marriage, which is a covenant, okay? It ain't a love pact. <laughs> it's a covenant. And so whether or not you feel love, the covenant still stands. If you take your ring off, throw it across the sea, you're, you're still in a covenant. It's still a covenant relationship. And we must keep our covenant, right? We must not break our covenants. And we won't even talk about breaking covenants. Maybe I'll do that on another podcast, right? But how do we make this beautiful? How do we make the covenant livable? How do we make the covenant so we're happy in it? Well, that's where love comes in, okay? That's what love is for. Love is like the icing on the cake. You know, the cake is good. It has all the ingredients, everything we like. But the icing on the cake makes it sweet. So that's what love does to a marriage. It makes the marriage sweet. <laughs> yes, it does. So if you're in a marriage without love, 
It ain't sweet. No. Matter of fact, it could be bitter tasting. Okay. Or it could just be a bland taste. So anyone that's in a, a loveless marriage um, or loveless covenant, you can um, understand what I'm saying. And so marriage, the, the love is necessary to make the marriage sweet. The Bible says husband must love his wife, must love his wife as Christ loved the church and actually gave himself for it. And so love is the icing. Love is the cornerstone. Um, the Bible tells us we must love sacrificially. Um, sometimes we got to put our spouse's needs always, you know, before our own. Why? Because we love each other. The Bible says love your neighbor as you love yourself. Many of us may struggle with love because we have issues with self-love. Amen. And so we got to go and talk to God. Lord, allow my love to be unleashed. Teach me how to love. Show me how to love my spouse. Um, by teaching me how to love myself, because if I don't love myself, I can't love my spouse. Men, we must love our wives according to how God told us we must love them. The Bible said Jesus loved the church so much that he gave his life for it. And we are called as the head of the home, as the first on the earth. Let me say it again. A man was first on the earth and God brought a woman um on the scene to be our help meet. And God said, we must love them. <laughs> All right. And so love is necessary in a marriage to make it absolutely beautiful. If you don't have love in your marriage, you need to talk to God about that, both you and your spouse. If there's no love, you're not feeling love, then you have to begin to do the things that create love. That means you may have to change your words, change your action, change your attitude. You may have to change how you dress, how you look, whatever it takes to get the love active, active again in your marriage. Get that excitement again. Amen. Get that joy that you once had when you first got married. So love is important. Like I said, love make your marriage, make your covenant beautiful. You could always tell when a couple loved each other. You see it on their faces, you see it in their action, and you hear it in their words. The second thing to make a marriage last is communication, verbal and physical. The Bible says a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And so it's important that we have effective communications. Simply means we give each other the opportunity to speak. And while they are speaking, we are listening. We must listen actively and respond according to the outcomes that we desire. And hopefully the outcome that we desire is a good outcome. We want good outcomes all the time. We must not listen just to respond, but we must listen to gain knowledge and to gain understanding. Sometimes we remain upset, we remain mad, remain mad, and there's a disconnect simply because one or the other refuses to listen to the other. We must listen. Everybody each person in a marriage relationship have a mind, have a mind of their own and their thoughts are valuable to them. And so we must honor and give value to your spouse's thoughts. 
Amen. Just because you may be more intelligent or you may make them make more money than your spouse or, you know, you may have some advantage over your spouse. It doesn't mean you should belittle them, whether it's the male or the female in the relationship. Amen. It doesn't mean you should belittle them because you may be um, strong and more intelligent, have more education. It doesn't mean that your spouse's thoughts don't matter. Yes, their thoughts also matter. Give value to your spouse's thoughts. Even if you are in agreement, you must let them know that you value their thinking, their opinions. All right. They may not think like you think, you know, but they're there to compliment what you think. So add value. Speak with kindness. Respond kindly. Remember, a soft answer will turn away wrath or grievous words stir up strife. And so when you are in disagreement, speak softly, gently, and in a way that your spouse can understand and can listen to what you are saying. Yelling and screaming is not communication. It's just yelling and screaming. It's just the throwing of anger. And so that never solves a problem. If problems are going to be solved, you must do it in an amicable um, way. You must be able to sit down, hold hands, look each other eye to eye and deal with whatever issue is at hand. The third thing, there must be forgiveness and grace in your marriage. Why do we need forgiveness in our marriage? Why? Because no one is perfect. No matter how good she is, no matter how good he is, he or she is not perfect and people make mistakes. Amen. Mistakes. I'm not talking about what you do stuff intentionally and it's wrong, that you know it's wrong, but you do it anyway. That ain't a mistake. That's something you did intentionally. But people make mistakes. But even in those cases, we must learn to be forgiven, carry ourselves with grace. Colossians 3 and verse 13, the Amplified Version says, bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other. If one has a cause for complaints against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so should you forgive. We are called to forgive 70 times seven. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Bible says. Why? Because we are imperfect. And so forgiveness is essential for marital harmony. If we're going to be in harmony, we have to learn to forgive. <laughs> now, understand some things we do not tolerate, right? And so even though you forgive some things, you don't tolerate some things, right? We don't tolerate adultery. We don't tolerate physical abuse. We don't tolerate those things. So you may forgive, but you have zero tolerance for certain things. Okay, we should not tolerate lying or cheating. Those things are zero tolerance. We must be honest and truthful in our marriages and, and make sure because we're honest and truthful, that will keep us on the path that we can always do what is right. And if we do something wrong, then it's really a mistake. And we must be quick to forgive and quick to, um, to move on and that our marriages can mature and that love 
and the grace of God and the favor of God will remain in our marriages. Listen, if you refuse to give or to forgive your spouse, then when it is your turn, you will not be forgiven either. Okay, so give what you want to receive. So if you want to receive forgiveness, you must also forgive. In order to also make a marriages grow and, and, and to be better, we must have shared values and goals. I have always said agreement builds dynasties. We need agreement. How can two walk unless they agree? Listen, when a couples agree, they always achieve. Where there's no agreement, there's destruction, there's little growth. But when you can agree, when you can walk together, everything that they, you put your hand to, God said to the people, God said, because the people are in agreement, nothing that they imagine will be withheld from them. I believe that when couples are in agreement, they have now positioned themselves to achieve greatness for unity and oneness in a marriage. Matter of fact, the Bible said the two shall become one. Okay? So there must be agreement. Remember this. Agreement builds dynasties. Right? Without it, you know, united we stand, divided we fall. Okay? So many marriages fall and fail because they're not one. They're not united. They're divided. And wherever there's division, there's going to be weakness and eventually destruction. And so make sure you are walking together. Make sure you have shared values. Make sure you do stuff together and act like you are one and not two separate people living in the same house. That's not a unity. That's not oneness. Oneness must comes with understanding and comes with agreement. Next thing is that you must separate time for intimacy. Yeah, intimacy means into me. See, I like to call it heart access and care. Not only do I have access to your heart, but I care about your heart. Not only do I give you access to my heart, I give you access to my heart because I know you care about my heart. You know, the Bible says, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. Guess what? Spouses, you it's your responsibility to guard your spouse's heart. Yeah. If they're giving you access, you should guard it. You should protect their heart. Make sure you're doing what's going to make their heart smile. That's going to bring joy to their heart. And so you got to spend quality time with quality words and do quality things. Okay. In the Song of Solomon 7 verse 10, it says, I am my lovers and he claims me as his own. I love song, song Solomon. It's just absolutely beautiful. Some of you just need to go and read it. It's just an amazing love theme and a love song. Amen. She says, I am my lovers. And he claims me as his own. You see, when we really are connected, when we really have intimacy, we claim each other as our own. And listen, and you know, each of us have no problem we're just giving ourselves to our spouse. Why? Because we have intimacy. Into me, see, there's no dark secrets. There's no hidden agendas. 
We are open to each other. We understand each other. We share things. We say things. And we do all the things that makes our marriage good. Amen. The next thing is that it's called divine influence. We must seek God for all aspects of our life. The Bible says trust in the Lord, right? We must trust in the Lord with all our heart. And lead not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. Simply means in everything we do, we want the influence of the Holy Spirit in our marriages. It's important. You know, we may not, you know, in our today's society, you know, some of us are coming in at night. Some of us are leaving in the morning. You know, we have this thing growing up, the family that prays together, stays together. But because of schedules, you know, we don't get that chance to pray together. But when you're praying, you pray for each other. So I like to say the family that prays for each other stays together, right? So even if you don't get to hold hands and pray each day or every morning or every night, but make sure when you, when you are praying, you are praying for your spouse, you talk to God about your spouse, and you speak good things over their lives. Amen. If you're secretly hating on your spouse, it's going to come out. It's going to destroy your relationship. If you're secretly um, sharing bad things about your spouse to your friends and your neighbor, it's not going to work and it's not going to um, add to or create a great marital relationship. So make sure even the things are not right right now, you seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit to begin to pray and to begin to consistently say the right things. You know, one bad word could drive a wedge between you two. One bad word, one comment could drive an absolute wedge that is almost impossible to pull back out. Some things can break people's heart. And even though they may have forgiven you, the pain and the hurt is still there. So make sure you seek divine influence. You get the guidance of God in your marriage because you, because you need his perfect understanding to guide you because you are imperfect. God is the ultimate source of wisdom and understanding. He's the ultimate source of our strength. And lastly, I encourage people that's in to understand what marriage is to just hang in there. Have some patience. Have some perseverance. Stop giving up so quickly. The Bible said, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's the New Living Translation of Galatians 6 verse 9. Amen. Don't be weary in doing good. You consistently do good because when you're doing good, God is on your side. Marriages always face challenges. But we must learn to persevere through them by the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit. We must trust in God's timing and we must trust his plan for our lives. Amen. So hang in there. It's not going to be easy at times. We're going to have our tough times. But know and understand that stuff happens. And the Bible says weeping is for night. But we must stay focused because joy is going to come in the morning. We don't go to bed 
angry. We don't go to bed upset. But no, we will listen to what the word of God says, but not let the sun go down on our anger, but we must deal with it while it is day. Deal with it. Hang in there. Take time. Take your time with each other. Love and each other. Because when we say I do, God is listening. We make a covenant relationship with God with each other, and with everyone that is witness our vows. Our vows is the covenant what we make before God. Amen. So I pray that when we say I do, we understand it's not just because I feel like I love you. It's not just that. We. It's far more than that, far deeper than that. Our I do's is a covenant relationships, a covenant we make with God, without each other, and it's a covenant that is witnessed by everyone in attendance. They heard you say, I do, till death do us part. And so if that's your covenant, then you must do everything possible to keep your covenant. I understand there are some things that will destroy our covenant, our covenant, lying, cheating, all those things are destructive to our covenant. So as children of God, we're making sure we're not doing any of those things that will destroy your covenant. Amen. Because marriages are supposed to be a lifelong commitment. And so if you're not ready for a lifelong commitment, then don't get into marriage. Marriage is not something that you try. Oh, someone try to marriage. If it doesn't work out, then we just go our separate ways. If you go into marriage with that attitude, that's exactly what's going to happen. You will end up going your separate ways. All right. So I pray that we understand that a lasting and beautiful marriage is built on love, communication, forgiveness, values, intimacy, seeking God's guidance. And lastly, to persevere. And if we embrace these things and with God's help, your marriage can thrive and also survive the test of time. And I pray that this was helpful to you. You may know somebody that's going through issues. You can share this podcast with them because I pray that it will be of help to them. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again for the blessing of marriage. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, God, because you said man must not be alone, but you will make a helper for them. I thank you for every male and every female, every marriage covenant. God, everyone desire to be married. I pray, God, that this word that I've shared this morning will bring understanding, meaning, God, to their lives. And God, that that those that are in marriages, Lord, will follow these principles that there may be joy, that there may be peace, that may be love, that there may be intimacy, and that your grace will freely flow in their marriages. Father, I thank you for doing it. I thank you for hearing, and I thank you for answering, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.